The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. Uh, welcome to the Good Friday edition. Uh, we were just uh, talking right before we went on air. We're not allowed to say anything uh, technically religious here in the South anymore. Uh, so our kids were out of school this uh, week uh, on this Friday, and uh, it was called an inclement weather day. So we weren't allowed to say uh, any kind of specific holiday. So um, they were just out for an inclement weather day. So happy inclement weather day to you. Uh, and uh, hopefully you guys have a happy inclement weather weekend uh, to celebrate whatever it is that you're going to celebrate this weekend. Uh, but anyway, um Really crazy week, and I got a lot of stuff to process. And for those of you that have been following me for a long time, uh, we're going to process just that. Uh, and, and so we titled this show um, "Money, Sisyphus, and Partnerships." And, and if that sounds crazy, that's exactly what is going to be today. We're, we are going to be all over the map uh, and discuss a lot of different topics. Um, some of it uh, kind of goofy, and some of it uh, kind of serious. And uh, that's exactly what this show is all about, right? Work-life balance. Uh, what exactly is that? And uh, a lot of times it comes straight from my heart as a business owner and as somebody who runs a small business. And, and really, this show has always been uh, trying to share some of those tips and techniques and some of the things that uh, it, it, what it's like to run a small business and really trying to put things out there for anybody who's thinking about being in small business, is running a small business, or even just shares some of these same frustrations. Uh, today is going to be a day about venting. Uh, and so hopefully you're along for the ride. And, and as always, we love you for doing so. Uh, just uh, some general uh, things coming up. Uh, next week, I'm going to be in Virginia and then in New York City. Uh, in April 24th, I'll be speaking at the Spring ITA Conference in Tampa, Florida. Uh, April 26th, I'll be in Los Angeles taping uh, the television show Moving America Forward, uh, which is hosted by the one and only William Shatner. Uh, so we'll be in, in Los Angeles a couple of days. Uh, the week of May 1st, I'll be in Miami, Florida. And then May 11th, we'll be doing a large event for uh, the PMI chapter in Spokane, Washington. So lots of stuff coming up. Uh, everything is always listed on rickamorris.com. Uh, so you can find everything there as well as past episodes of the Work-Life Balance. If you just simply go to rickamorris.com, you can find me on Twitter, find me on Facebook, follow along, and enjoy the ride. Uh, so today, again, we're talking about money, Sisyphus, and partnerships. Oh, my. So first, let's start talking about money. You know, I did a great uh, rant a, a couple of weeks ago talking about money and, and payment terms and things like that. And, and I left one uh, big 
concept out, and I thought it would be fun to discuss that portion uh, as we open the show, as it's something that I dealt with this week. So we talked about payment terms and how silly it is that um, payment terms are different for you know us as individuals versus us as business owners. Meaning, you know, if I've got a payment term with a bank and a credit card with a bank, the way they treat us as individual consumers is completely different than the way they treat us as business owners. So if I have a payment term that says I owe the bill for my credit card, uh, you know, I, I've got to pay that on, say, April 10th. It, the moment it goes past April 10th, I get hit with maybe different interest rates or late payment fee or things like that. You know, sometimes there's a small grace period, but generally not not much. Now, if I'm a business owner and I have a net 30 payment term as a business owner and I have an invoice with that very same bank and they decide not to pay it, say, for 60 days, there's really nothing I can do. I could even submit an invoice to say, hey, I've got a late payment fee. I even have late payment terms in my contracts, yet they will not pay those. So it's it's really weird on how that kind of stuff works. Well, I encountered this new situation today, and it, it, it was really fun. Not today, but the last couple of days. And um, I tend to turn things into a game because that's just how my mind works. And I thought I'd share that with you. So uh, it took me 37 days, yeah, about 37 days to collect a very large check uh, from one of my clients. And um, I finally got the check in. So I was very excited about that. And of course, uh, I have just as much money that has to go out when that check finally comes in. So I have creditors that are calling me and saying, hey, it's time to pay us. And you know, they don't care that, that my client hasn't paid me. And so finally, this check comes in. I'm excited. I go deposit in the bank. The next day, I check the bank. And my bank has now decided to put a hold on that check. Now, when this policy of holding funds started, it was literally 25, 35, 40 years ago when there was no way for them to technically check to see if the money in the check was good. They, they used to have to mail the check to the other bank, and, and then you would have to wait four or five days for that, that mail to go cross-country, literally like by horseback, by like Pony Express, right? And then that bank would get that the check, and then they would then mail the money back or, or the, the validation that the check was good, and that would take four or five days. So there's these 10-day holds. Now, we have advanced in the last 30 years through this thing, this wonderful thing called technology. Like we could literally pick up a phone and there's this cool thing called the internet now where you could actually validate whether or not the funds of this check is good, yet the banks have not updated their policies in this whole check process. And so I can recognize that, you know, if I maybe was a new customer or if I've never deposited a check that size or if I have... Um, maybe bounce the check or if I never managed my money or any of those conditions that had occurred. And, and what's interesting is this particular bank, I actually worked for and built a project management office for this bank. And I know exactly how all those systems work. So it, it, th this was fun for me. And so I said, well, I'm going to turn this into a little bit of a game. Now, in this particular bank, I have five different accounts. I have a checking account, two checking accounts, a savings account. I have a investment account, and they have my mortgage, which at this point I had not paid. And in just a few days, if I do not pay it, they're going to assess me a fee. 
And this is where the game starts because, again, my mind works in mysterious ways and I like to have a little bit of fun. So I called the branch manager and I said, why is there, there a hold on this check? And they said, well, we, we've got to validate um, that the funds are good. I said, great, pick up the phone and make sure that, it, that, that, that it's all good. Just you know, go ahead and do that. There, there's wonderful ways you can do that. And it's not like I've never deposited a check from this client before or a check of that size before or that, you know, it's not that it's not good. You could simply just let it go. But no, we we don't want to do that. We want to make things difficult. And I said, so you are holding my money. I said, here's the cool thing is I will give you that money back if you let me have my money. And I said, and it took me 37 days to get that money. Now, let's make things really, really, really complicated here. As a small business owner and somebody who does what I do for a living, I exchange my time for money. That's what I do. I I, I get paid for my knowledge. I I go into a client and say, hey, I'm semi-smart. And for most of you people that know me, especially the people watching me on Facebook Live, you guys have known me for a long time. You know I'm not that smart, but that's okay. We'll we'll push that to the side for the moment. I, I get paid for my knowledge. And so I go into a client and I consult and I exchange time for money. So that's where it starts. So let's say for five hours, you're going to pay me, you know, 50 cents on the dollar, whatever. It doesn't matter. So, so it's $1,000. So so for, for five hours, it's $1,000. So now I'm going to invoice you that $1,000 and, and that's on net day 30. So now I've got to wait 30 days to collect that $1,000. Now that client has taken 37 days to give me that $1,000. So now it's 67 days later for me to get that five hours worth of time. So now that the bank is holding it, is holding this this check, I now have to spend yet another hour to to argue with them in order to release that. Not to mention it took me two or three hours to follow up with the client that was holding the check for thirty for thirty seven days. So the three hours that I spent in to collect the check, first of all, that was three hours I couldn't spend exchanging my time for money. So that's like a double loss, right? That's that's where I've lost money because I, I couldn't I couldn't get the money back. Right? I, I lost money in trying to collect it. Now I finally got the check. Awesome. And then the bank holds it. So now I got to spend another hour arguing with the bank to get them to release the funds that I've already earned. So I've now spent five hours to get paid for the five hours that I should have already been paid for. And that's just stupid. That's just dumb. Why can we not update the policy? Because you know what? A computer will tell you whether or not that check was good. And, And let's just go ahead and say, the check was from a company that's huge, big. As Trump would say, huge. We know that company's got money. We know that bank has money. That bank knows I'm good for it. So just release the doggone money, which they did when they found out that I was going to give it back to them because they have my mortgage. They've got all my checking. They've got my savings. It's just stupid. And what's ridiculous is we don't go back and update policies that are 30, 40 years old. And the reason why we don't go back and update policies that are 30 or 40 years old is because it benefits them. And then the next day I get up and I look at my account and I just got assessed the $20 fee 
because I use the bank too much. I withdraw too much. I use my card too much. Now explain that one. Now that's another rant for another day. So I don't even know the point of saying this rant other than I just wanted to share a story that I thought was ludicrous. And a lot of times people understand what what you have to understand when you're running a small business is what I learned how to do was unfortunately I have to inflate my billable rate to a client in order to account for the time that I know I'm going to have to collect and then I know I have to fight all this stuff because I can't bill every hour of every day because I got to spend time collecting from you and fighting with the banks. And that's just stupid. But we live sometimes in a stupid society and money makes the world go round. And that's what we got to do. But as a small business owner, you've got to know all of that stuff and be ready for all of that stuff and ready to fight for some of those battles because that's what's going to happen to you. And that's why a lot of small businesses really go out of business is because they don't know how to make all those fights. They don't know that they're going to have to deal with all those different things. But I just thought it was funny that one bank had to check with another bank so that this bank could give me my money for this bank so that I could pay another bank. Anyway, it doesn't even make sense. It's a Friday. It's work-life balance. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about the ludicrousness of partnerships and how crazy those suckers are when we come back. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. So we are doing rants today. That's that's essentially what I'm doing is I'm ranting today. So I apologize in advance if you just tuned in, but we're going to have some fun with it. So we, we just did one on money and collecting and messing with banks. And uh, so now what I wanted to talk to you about was partnerships. And so, you know, I've built R-squared on partnerships. I've built um, partnerships for a long time in and what I've noticed is, is you know, and I'm not talking about any particular partnership, but the, when you look at how partnerships are built and what happens to companies, I was doing a lot of research this morning and just looking at the average life cycle of a partnership and looking at the average life cycle of these small businesses that, that tend to grow really big and, and looking at a partnership. And so let me put this into context at first. I think there's two really types of companies. I, I think it's what you call a red ocean and a blue ocean company. And, and I made a, a decision a long time ago that I wanted R-Squared Consulting to be a blue ocean company. And so let me first give you that context. A red ocean company is a company that just launches themselves directly into the competition and, and you're with all the sharks and you guys essentially eat each other up and, and there's blood in the water and that's the red ocean. That's that's where all you can really do to differentiate yourself is, is to either directly compete with each other, um, bite each other off, lower your prices, uh, snipe the competition and essentially just gouge each other. And that that, that creates this red ocean. It's very bloody. Um and, and that's that that's essentially the marketplace. And and you know, it, it breeds a lot of uh practices that maybe aren't the best. And then you have what's the blue ocean type companies, and, and so that's your Dells and that's your Southwests, and that's your that's your companies that come come in and take a look at an industry and say, you know, how can we be different? And and sometimes people look at you and go, Well, that's kind of crazy to run your company that way. And and you say, yep, but we're, we're going to sustain. And, and so when Southwest decided to, to only buy one type of plane and, and let everybody, you know, seat themselves and kind of have a little bit of a fun atmosphere, people said, you're nuts. And, and here they are several years later doing things. And when Dell decided to build computers to order, you know, everybody was trying to crush them. And that, that turned into a new model. And, and that's kind of the way things became. And so when I looked at R squared, I, I kind of looked at, you know, what was the average life cycle of a company that kind of did some of the things that we do. And so what I was seeing was about five years, it, it, you know, some of the companies that came and went and still some of the companies I'm seeing coming and going, doing what I do, it's about a five-year thing. And so what happens, it's, it, it starts off with about three or four or five people that are very, very good at what they do. And then they they start to staff up to about 25 or 30 people. And then what they try to do then is grow to 65 or 70 people. 
and then they start to run into problems and they go by the wayside. And so I really was trying to dive into, you know, what were those problems? And what those problems become is is this breeding ground of of competition against the very core of the people that they have a partnership with. So let's just take for example, you know, a software company. So so a software company loves to invest in partners because these partners can help them sell their software and and and, and drive things. So if you look like a you know at an Oracle, an Oracle will will invest in partners because you know if they have people that are very good at Oracle, it'll help them drive their their software. But then if that's that partner all of a sudden becomes too big then all of a sudden they start to compete with Oracle. And, and, and so, for instance, uh, if, if you're at about 15 people, you're supplementing staff. But, but the big accounts, the accounts that are selling millions and millions of dollars, well, you're, you're never stepping in on the toes of Oracle because you, you don't have uh, the, the people or the manpower to, to compete in that space. But once you get to 65, 70 people, you kind of have to go over and after those big deals because you have to keep the revenues up so high. And there's only so many of those types of deals to go around. You have to keep those revenues up so high to where you compete. And so what you end up doing is creating that red ocean where you now become a competitor against Oracle and you, and you start competing against the services and you, you start selling the same software package and, and, and you start going after each other a little bit to where it starts to become a little bit of animosity even though you have the same goal. But, but what happens is you know, Oracle has a goal because not only do they have software, but they have services that they're trying to sell. And then they have salespeople and those salespeople are incented to sell services. Well, then you had this partner who was once small, who's now grown really big, and they're incented to also sell services because they grew to a size to, to really support. And so at one point, they were super celebrated because they were, they were you know, really helping sell software. But now there's a little animosity because they're competing for the same deal. And at the end of the day, they should be celebrated because they're both selling Oracle, but they're competing against each other because they're really trying to figure out who's going to get the incentive to sell the deal. And so that's Red Ocean. And so what we decided to do as a partner is is really kind of be kind of blue ocean is is to is to really be that 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 smaller partner who's consistently influencing and always influencing and always making that decision to to do the right thing and and while we're never going to be this 100-person company, we're never going to be that company that has that animosity thrown their way. But then you can't measure us the normal way. You can't, you can't measure our squared in a way that, that the typical tools would be, you know, well, what's the year-over-year growth? And <clears throat> excuse me, what's the year-over-year, you know, Capacity and what's the year over year? Well, you, you haven't added ten people last year. Well, you know what? You don't want me to. You you, you don't you don't always want the, the the same metrics to track everybody else because I, I can point to ten people that you managed that way that that three years ago you did and they're, they're not here anymore. Yet yet here we are and they've been here you know since two thousand and five. 
And so what's interesting is when you're fighting for respect and you're fighting for what you've done and you're fighting for who you are in, 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 in you know, really kind of what, what your legacy is in, in an industry, people look at these standard metrics, but when you're blue ocean and, and you're trying to, to really be different, then how do you how do you garner that respect other than you know you've earned a certain level of respect from expertise and, and from from being around for a long time but when they they look at you they go well, well you're you're small well yeah but that's by choice not by lack of leadership or lack of growth it's it's a choice to stay blue ocean and continue to be innovation or in, people involved in innovationers that was a fantastic term by the way people involved in innovation and people involved in in influence and so you know what what was interesting is you know when we first got involved in in just industry in general we we had said we weren't even going to sell software because we never wanted to compete in that space and and people would come to us and say no you got to sell software because it's the only way you can stay a partner and and then when we started to do that then it's like well you're not selling enough software and then if we started to sell too much software then people are like well now you're starting to step on toes and so it's it's interesting to see how business competes on top of each other and, and coming back to something Maxwell talks about where culture eats vision for lunch. You know, your vision is to grow this immense partner network and then your culture gobbles that up. And it's really interesting to see something like that take place and, and watch what happens in business to say, well, if, you're, if your vision is to grow a partner network, then why is your, your culture to incent your entire company to sell against that. And so my challenge to anybody who's listening, my challenge to anybody who's who's trying to invest in partners or something like that is to is to say what are you really incenting? What are you really trying to build? And if you're if you're a small business and you're looking to partner, really look at that fine line to say what is it that that you're trying to build because you know, signing a dotted line to become a partner or to build into a partnership or, or to really do that, you've really got to be focused on what it is that you're trying to deliver and really what it is that you're trying to, to be so that you know what that is. You, you've got to know what you're trying to define as yourself and your space or, again, that average lifespan of any kind of partnership between two organizations is five years. That's that's what I'm seeing in the market space. And so if you want to grow beyond five years, then you got to be clear as to what your vision versus what your culture is and your partner's vision and their culture and make sure those two mesh. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, 
all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. And just like work and life, we are all over the place on this radio show today. But, uh, you know, just had a big week and a lot of stuff going on this week. And I decided to uh, process that this week. So I appreciate everybody coming along for the ride. So we talked about uh, money and the absurdity of banks. We talked about partnerships and how those partnerships can sometimes work against each other. Uh, especially in the small business world. And now we're going to go into a completely different topic here, um, but something that uh, that I've just been using from a visualization perspective. And so, you know, I've been on this huge personal growth journey and, you know, have done uh, quite a bit of training over the last few weeks and uh, had all these different quotes that were rolling through my head and uh, really just kind of had all of that come to a head yesterday for me. Um, and so first, you know, a few of the quotes, right? So John Maxwell, great mentor, uh, the, the quote, everything worthwhile is uphill, right? So everything worthwhile is uphill. And, and he finishes that with, but most everybody has downhill habits. And you know, th that's the truth, right? There's no, there's no quick and easy. Um, there, there's no pill that we can take, you know, at night and then everything's going to be better uh, tomorrow and, and everything is is a struggle. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And then, you know, we had Seth Godin visit with us, and Seth hit me with a quote that has really got me on fire, and it's really got me in evaluating everything in my business and in personal life. And, and his quote to us was, "You know, you're either an entrepreneur or you're a freelancer." And, and for that one, you know, he, he says you're either an entrepreneur, which is 
you know, you're using other people's money to build a business or you're a freelancer, which is you're trading your money, uh, your, your time for money. It, he says that, the, the, you know, either good or bad, it's, it's fine. But if you're an entrepreneur, then you need to get out of your own way and hire people to do all the things that you need to do. Or you're a freelancer, which the only way you can increase your profitability is to get better clients. Then there was the Carl Jung quote, which is, until you bring the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate, which is really all about, you know, understanding your blind spots, um, understanding what you need to do to uh, really expand your life and personal growth, um, understand what you need to work on personally, bring that to your, your conscious center and continue to grow. And then I had uh, training with Dr. Robert Rome uh, and, and did a blog post around this, around life giving you tests. And, and it's either a, a pass or fail. You don't get an A, B, C, D, or F grade. It's that you know life or, or your creator or whatever it is that you, you believe in is going to give you a test. And, and basically, you're going to pass the test. You're going to fail the test. And, and if you fail the test, then most likely you're going to get that assignment again. And so all these things were really have just been swirling through my head and I've really been processing all this stuff. And, and you know, for me, my high eye personality, I tend to get distracted a lot. You know, there's squirrels that can run by my office and the next thing you know, I'm doing things. And it was funny yesterday, I was actually doing a blog post and, and um, you know, the, the image of Sisyphus uh, came, came to mind. And I really identify with the struggle of Sisyphus, not so much, you know, the person or the Greek mythology of it, uh, but the struggle of Sisyphus. And, and if you guys don't know the story of Sisyphus, but understand the struggle, he was, he was in, in Greek mythology, was cursed with pushing the rock up the mountain. And essentially, um, you know, he was such, a, such an evil person that, that he was cursed to, to an eternity of pushing the rock up the mountain. And every morning... He'd wake up, and the rock would be back at the bottom of the hill, and in the the rock itself was was cursed to where it could never eclipse over the mountain, and uh, w- was cursed to an eternity of always rolling back down the hill. And so Sisyphus, his entire life, the rest of his life would would be cursed in trying to push this rock up the mountain, and so that really blends with John Maxwell's quote of everything worthwhile is uphill, and and, and what's interesting about Everything worthwhile being uphill is as you climb the mountain of personal growth and whatever it is that you're trying to do, you know, if you just take that moment to breathe or you take that moment to say, wow, I've made it or you you take that breath, then the rock starts to slide. And and, and I find myself doing that. I find myself saying, wow, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten here, I've done this or I've made it this far or I've built this and and then you know you take that that second to breathe and you go and the rock starts to slide and I find that often you know in in my personal struggle with weight uh, you know I I'll I'll drop you know 15 20 pounds and then I'll go back and and start to develop some poor habits again and then the rock starts to slide or you know I'll, I'll really get focused on 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 building a portion of the business and and you know I'll I'll take a breath and, and the rock starts to slide. And it's really just, you know, staying virtuous to, to what the pattern is. And if you followed my book and, and everything in No Day But Today, 
it's recognizing that we've got multiple roles and multiple goals in the sense of I have a business and I have a family and I have, you know, kids and a wife and there's multiple things where you're juggling multiple rocks and each time you take a breath, it slides. And so, you know, I just sat yesterday and, and again with my mind, I was doing this blog post and, and, and just to share a story of just how I work. I'm doing this blog post and this image of Sisyphus comes into mind and I said, wow, wouldn't it be cool if, if I could have like this desk ornament uh, on my desk of Sisyphus and, and you know, that maybe even motorized where, you know, that could just remind me to stay focused and, and remind me of the struggle and, and, and be a visual representation of what of what my daily struggle is. So. So, of course, I had to open up Amazon and, and just see if something was out there. And, and the next thing I know, 15 minutes has gone by and, and my blog post isn't done and my list isn't done. And, th- and I lost 15 minutes of my day on this squirrel uh, of a journey of trying to find a, a visual representation of the very struggle I'm trying to stop. And so I had to come back to my post. And, and no, I did not buy anything um, representing Sisyphus but it was the it it was the perfect representation it was like here I am with this wonderful representation of 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 my struggle and and yet that became the the struggle in and of itself and and so I have this list and you know I I I do these things and you know I, I I write these lists that I can throw away every day that uh and the point is to throw them away um that 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 are my struggle, and I and I put quadrants on them. I have boxes on them, so so I have personal lists, and I have business lists, and I have you know lists for my family, and lists you know you know for my kids and my wife, and me as a business owner, and everything that I'm supposed to do, and then I can scratch them off and know that I've accomplished everything I wanted to do for today. But it, it's that constant struggle because I know if I breathe, and I know if I stop. Then the rock's going to slide, and it's it's such an amazing story in in such a way or a visualization for me because it is a struggle. If anybody says, "Oh yeah, this this stuff is easy," or everything that you've got to do is easy, it, it it's not. And and you know, to me, I I feel like things just compound. I I, I feel like. Um, that, that that life compounds, that um, problems compound, that the joys compound, that success compounds. But but I think that I feel that everything compounds. That um, when 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 worries or, or or things tend to get you down, I I, I feel like that that compounds. Um, and, and so you know when 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 you know I hear bad news. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the the, the other day. I had an issue at a client, and while I was having that issue at a client, my phone rang, and, and I found out that my wife w- w- was in a car wreck, and she was fine, but but she was in a car wreck, and then we heard um, some some other bad news, and and you know it was just you know three things at once, and people have that thing that says things that happen in, in threes, and then um, while while you know the next day um, 
while I was at a client, one of my dear friends at that client, she had lost her father. And it was just like, I feel like things can compound if you look for them to compound. Um, and so that struggle is real. You, you, you can take that breath and that rock can slide. And, and unfortunately, you know, we, we had, we had the gentleman on, um, uh, John, the, the a couple of weeks ago, you know, where he was talking about the myth of positive thinking. And I'm not sure that I buy completely into what he was saying. Um, cause I, 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 I do get into the, the theory. What he was saying though, is you can't positive think your way out of that. You do have to put the effort into just pushing back and, and recognizing that it is a struggle, acknowledging the struggle and saying, let's go, let's go. Um, one of the funniest things I think I've heard in a while was, you know, somebody saying that, that they understood the, how, how to s- solve all the traffic problems in, in that, that you see that, you know, on the interstate, he said, you know, just go. <laughs> and, and that was so simplistic, but I loved it. He was like, you know, for everybody that's sitting in traffic, just go, just simply go. And I, I wish I could remember the comedian's name to, to give him credit for that. And that was certainly something I heard in a comedy club, but that was one of the funniest things I think I've heard in a long time. But it's, it's the truth is you find yourself stuck and you can, you can feel those things compound, but at the same time, you just go, you just have to pick up life sometimes and go. And so, so Sisyphus became kind of that, that visualization for me, that mentality for me, that, that understanding that life is going to be that struggle and that rock is going to be there. And just like John Maxwell says, everything worthwhile is uphill. And for me, it was, and for me, it is. And for me, it will continue, continue to be. And that's where I, I've built the phrase now. And, and, you know, one of my sayings now, and one of the things that I'm pushing out there is everybody wants to succeed. That's great. But do you have the will to succeed? Because the will to succeed is a whole different angle. It's a whole different matter. You can want to succeed all you want. You can sit around and want to succeed. I want to succeed. I want to to have all the things that life can provide. I want to have all the things that, that life is supposed to bring my way. But I have to will those into being. Nobody's going to come right around and, and, and bring things to me. I can want it all I want. But you have to have the will to bring those to be. You have to have the will to push that rock up the mountain. Do you have that will to succeed? And the only person that answers that question is you. You cannot seek that guidance from anybody else. The only person that has the answer to that question is you. So find that answer to the question to yourself, and you'll find out if you have the will to succeed. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business, and business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world, where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. 
Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back for the final edition, in not the final edition, but the final segment of the Work-Life Balance this week. Uh, again, coming up uh, events, we've got uh, the ITA conference in Tampa, Florida on April 24th. April 26th, we'll be taping the television show Moving America Forward, uh, hosted by William Shatner in Los Angeles. We'll be uh, announcing the dates that that will air uh, once we know. Um, the week of May 1st will be in Miami. May 11th is Spokane, Washington at the PMI chapter there. Find all those events at rickamorris.com. Hit me up on Twitter at, at Rick A. Morris. Find me at Rick A. Morris on Facebook. Um, and you can also go to rickamorris.com or rsquaredconsulting.com uh, to connect with the show. If you think you'd make a fantastic guest for this show, uh, there's also forms on rsquaredconsulting.com or rickamorris.com that you can fill out there and submit your information. We'd love to have you. So wrapping up, you know, again, we were all over the place. Uh, today we talked money, we talked partnerships, and then finally, excuse me, wrapped up there with Sisyphus and, and the struggle there. You know, small business is is a fantastic venture, but it's not for everybody. And in you know, working for companies, and, and that's where I wanted to wrap up was was with companies. And we we talked um, previously on a show, um, and, and especially around work life balance. You know, a lot of uh, companies and a lot of people give up a tremendous amount of time for companies. And so I get asked all the time, why did I name the show The Work-Life Balance? And, and why do I do a lot of the stuff that I do? And I really got into this business and, and what I do for a living is to help companies protect the work-life balance of their resources. So 
we do what we do so that we can help executives essentially pick better projects, pick the right projects, and not pick projects based on what they can spend, but what they can achievably do. So when you're picking a ton of projects, essentially what you do is you deplete your staff. But when you deplete your staff, the people that leave or quit are not the ones that you're hoping will leave or quit. It's generally your best people, right? The people that really care about the company, those are the ones that you're going to end up running off. And so what we do in the work-life balance is really try to protect those people. We make sure that we're picking the right people at the right time and we're protecting those. And for those people that are really you know, the caring people and you're putting in the 80 hours a week and, and you're getting frustrated. I, I, I had a wonderful conversation with a lovely young lady the other day and she said, you know, this, this company just can't live without me. And, and I hear that often. And so for the final segment, I just want to give some advice. If that's you, if you're that person that says, wow, this company just can't do it without me. My question back to her was, do, do you have an employee number? And she said, well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. And I said, then the company can live without you. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, while the company relies on you and you've certainly made yourself an invaluable resource, the company will go on without you. But do you have a family? She said, yeah, I have a, a small child and husband. I said, they're the ones. They're the ones that can't go on without you. I said, they'll move on without you. But they will always, always remember who you are. Those are the ones who will always remember you. I said, the company, about two weeks, they'll have replaced you. They'll blame you for things that have gone wrong, and then eventually they'll turn enough people over that you'll be forgotten. Because to them, at the end of the day, you're an employee number. But to your family, to your child, to your husband, that's who's going to remember you forever. And in the context of the grand scheme of things, the companies are there and our jobs are there to provide for us and our families. And, and, and while there's a, a fantastic understanding and a lot of, of us, you know, we, we, we do get a lot of self-worth and, and we, we love what we do. We do have to recognize, and of course money gets, you know, a lot of things done. We do that to provide for our families. We don't necessarily have our families so that we can go get our job. And, that is a key to the work-life balance, and that is a key remembrance. And so we did a lot of work in interviewing some high-level executives, and we did a lot of work in interviewing some of our older generation. And we asked them about regrets. Uh, and, and this was for research in the book of No Day But Today. In, in the biggest regret, almost across the board, whether they had a tremendous bank account or whether they didn't have a tremendous bank account was 
I really wish I would have spent more time with my family versus chasing the corporate ladder. And I don't understand why we have to wait until something's happened to us, till we're sick, or until we've lost our family, until something has occurred for us to get to that realization that we work to live, we don't live to work. And, and that really what we're, what we're really trying to understand at, at the end of the day is that our jobs are to provide, we don't provide for our jobs. And so the whole point of work-life balance and the whole point of what we're supposed to be doing is taking care of ourselves. So if you ever find yourself going, well, they just can't do this without us. If you've got an employee number, they can do it without you. And while it's okay to make yourself invaluable, while it's okay to work up that corporate ladder, while it's okay to really push and excel, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't lose sight of what we're doing it for. The reason why R squared is on my chest, right over my heart, the reason why the logo has been designed to have my entire family included is so that I don't forget what this is all for, what the radio show is for, what I do my job for, and what I exist for, which is my family first and everything else comes second. Listen, I appreciate you guys hanging out for this ride. I know it's been a little bit of a crazy show, um, but as I said at the top of the hour, I needed to process, and I always love you guys uh, for letting me process, hang out with it. Uh, again, hit me up at, at Rick A. Morris. Uh, find me on rickamorris.com. Let me know what you think about the show. And uh, again, if you think you'd make a fantastic guest, find us, uh, let me know, and we'll have you on the show. And you too can process like I just did for the last hour. Uh, next week, uh, we will be doing the show most likely from New York City. Uh, if not, uh, I'll be doing it back from home, just coming back from New York City, but we'll see how that goes. And we will talk to you again next week. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. You're listening to Rick Morris from the Work-Life Balance. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.